0: Hello, 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 Uh, and thanks for coming to the Down Low Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Brinkman. You know, we're going to have a good show, so uh, I hope you're ready to talk. Alright, so welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Brinkman. And uh, I got a special guest here today. I didn't get to watch the Bills game against the Colts as much as I'd like to. I got to saw the end. But uh, I got my father here who got to see the whole game for the most part. And we're going to talk about the Ravens and Bills real quick. All right, let's get on to it. So it's going to be 35 degrees, 13 miles per hour wind, 20%. Uh, it's going to snow, probably, sleet, uh, cloudy and the over under is still at basically 50 points so they think it's going to be 25 by each team now it's going to be seeing that weather you think it's going to be all running right
1: yeah i would agree you know the way that the yeah. weather is going to be i don't see it being a whole lot of passing but you know there's still certain passes that do work with that type of weather mhm so
0: the difference is And Lamar came in an interview recently saying that he's never thrown the ball or ever played in the snow before uh, because he's from Louisville, so he never had to play in the snow. Uh, You have Josh Allen, who's from Wyoming. He's thrown the snow before, guaranteed, right? Yes, I would agree. Big-ass hands. Yes. Yeah. So given that, and if it is – Cold, doesn't that make the ball travel less? And his 13 miles per hour winds, the ball's not going to be able to float in the air as much as he wants to. So, Safan digs over the top is probably not going to be much of a factor.
1: I would agree with that. It's going to be, you know, just the hook routes and things like that they might be able to do something with.
0: Yeah, so then, as we were just speaking earlier, uh, Lamar Jackson tallies for 30% of the rushing yards for the Ravens. And they're ranked first. And the Bills are ranked 20th. However, if we look on the defensive side, so where it's going to be a running game like we we think it is, the defense for the Ravens, I don't know how they haven't ranked 8th because that front 7 seems a lot more sus than 8th. They seem like they give up a lot more running yards per game than it's actually let on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might just be because they get beat with a screen pass a lot. Could be. Because screens count as a pass, and that pass defense, for who they have in there, should be better than 6th. You know, they got... Humphreys, and uh, man, who's that other guy on the left side?
1: I I don't know the name of the players. It's
0: uh, Marcus Peters. There you go. But if we're going to say the 17th-ranked defense versus the 8th-ranked defense are going to take on, this it's going to be a running game. I don't see the Bills defense actually being ranked 17th in my opinion, but the Colts did run all over them based on the stats.
1: But, and at the same time, they were running, you know, in weather that, or not snow, and it was fairly decent day out. It wasn't 35 degrees either, so.
0: Yeah, but does that not make it harder to tackle them as well?
1: I, I don't, I don't think it does, no. In my opinion, you know, the, the weather, the, the temperature of the weather and what have you is not going to change anything when it comes to running the ball. Other than you know, just making sure you got a good hold on it. The ball is going to get heavy, and and be not you know. Of course, they got the sticky gloves on these days, so everything sticks to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not going it, to. They shouldn't have as much trouble as they could without gloves on holding on to the ball. But yeah, as, I
0: would agree with that.
1: Yeah, and as we were talking, you know, I was thinking, you know, it it's it's all about Lamar Jackson. If they can control him. Um, I think the Buffalo is going to have a very good opportunity.
0: Yeah, and when we say control him, so here's the rushing numbers in comparison to each other. It's 159 rushes for Lamar, uh, just over 1,000, 1,005 yards, and it's 6.3 yards attempt. And we got Josh Allen over here, 102 rushes for 421 yards. So half, not even half less than half of the same yards but Josh picks up first downs, Lamar makes big runs through the middle like you said when that O-line just opens the field up for him
1: yeah it, 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 whatever that play is that those guys run they, they, they're real successful at it I've seen it on several different games that they've been able to do that
0: I think it's because they play, uh, for a lot of the game they play like at least two tight ends in there or three tight ends set and the tight ends just start blocking away
1: yeah, and they spread the field because the linebackers are not in that, in the, in you know, right past the line when they go through there. It, it's you know, it's a set up quarterback run is what it is, and they they clear everything out, and he's always by the time they realize he's running, he's already into the linebacker space back there.
0: And then it's and it's relying on a safety to make the tackle. Yeah,
1: and then then he's running against the. Uh, the cornerbacks and the and the safeties and by that time he's got twenty or thirty yards.
0: So that so that's the case we should be looking at the safeties for the Bills right here. So I'm gonna pull them up real quick over here. So the Bills safeties, I'm pretty sure these are gonna be the starters, is gonna be Hyde. He used to play for Iowa, remember him? Yes. Hyde and then um who is it gonna be? Is it Poyer? I don't remember. I don't know who the other one is. Yeah, I'm pretty I don't sure it's know the Poyer, name of your right? the player guy. Yes, Poyer, Jordan Poirier. I don't really know much about him, uh, but I do know about Hyde from Iowa days, and he's more of a free safety, intercept the ball kind of guy instead of big hitting.
1: Yeah, well, Lamar Jackson's not that hard to take down, particularly. I mean, he is a, kind of a tall, stringy guy, but he's not as big as Josh Allen, as far as weight.
0: Let's call it, uh, in terms of getting, you know, bulldozed and look made fun of on national TV because you got bulldozed by the quarterback. Are you still? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought you, I lost you.
0: Oh, no, you're good. But, yeah, I would I would, I would say that's the difference in the case. Uh, no one's afraid of getting bulldozed by Lamar Jackson. They're right. afraid of getting bulldozed by Josh Allen. That, that, I would be. Yeah, I agree
1: with that completely. Josh Allen's a big guy.
0: He has 37 touchdowns on the year. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'll he's watch. in the He was in the MVP the race, but I don't think anyone's going to take that from Aaron Rodgers.
1: Well, I don't think Josh Allen will be able to do that.
0: Yeah, I think the only one that can take it from him is Mahomes because he had a better record. But I know they had the same record because they lost the last game of the season.
1: Yeah, it's going to be between those two, I would have guessed. Which I haven't even seen Kansas City play, but so many times this year. So, But you really don't need to. You kind of know what's going to happen with them.
0: Yeah, you, sometimes. I, I didn't see that Carolina game going the way it did and Carolina actually having a chance at the end. That, that was shocking. Yeah. But So here on this one, we're going to go back to the offense per game. On third down percent, Buffalo's first. So they're the best in the league. And they're playing... The best third down stopping defense. Uh, So what that means is they get off the field on third down quite a bit. Um, And I remember seeing on the Football Life, and they were talking about Bill Belichick, and he said that the most important stat is third down percentage because that's where the game kind of – you can see where a game's going to go based on if a team can get off on third down or they can stay on on third Uh down. And the bills are only 13th and we got the Ravens over here fourth in the league so with that being said it is the is the ability to run still gonna be a factor on third down because if we're gonna run the first two plays probably because it's stowing and you stuff them we're gonna have to go to the pass we've seen in many games that Lamar just you know he can't pass over everyone. He he can't outpass you. He get they get behind in a game pretty well, then they have to skip the running game and go to the pass game, and they haven't been known or seem to show that they can get out of those situations. And if it's snowing, it's going to be even worse because he's never thrown in the snow like he said.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I th- I think with uh, Lamar Jackson, it's just uh, like I said. Sometimes he's really really accurate with his throwing and other times he's uh, you just wonder what what he was throwing at so you just never know what you're going to get when it comes to the passing game in Lamar Jackson he makes up for it with his running
0: yeah Um, so I know you probably watch Bill's games because you're a Jets fan Um, the Bills other than that Dolphins game and what game was it the Titans game They've never shown that they can like Yeah, they? that's true. I think they, they lost that time. They speed. don't. that. Do they can that. blow out a team. Yeah, I agree. Or take over a game. Cuz with the Colts game, I didn't get to see
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's all about I don't know. I guess the defense on the Colts is ranked fairly good. I don't know the rankings like you do, but uh Diggs and um Josh Allen, I mean, they, they were doing the same old thing they always do. They were running right down the field. So that's okay. why they didn't have that time of possession, because of the fact that it, it it wasn't too difficult for them to do what they wanted to do. Which at the same time left the Colts on the field for a lot of at the time and the Colts game. it just And then this game
0: does up. come down to kicking, because we did see in that Colts game, or so I see by the stats, uh, Blankenship, Missed a field goal. I don't know what distance it was, but he missed a field goal, which would have had the game tied at the end. Uh, So this game does count down to needing to make kicks. You have, I think his name was Tyler Bass versus Justin Tucker, and I'd rather take Justin Tucker in those situations.
1: He's already proven that he can do it. But then again, you know, you have the cold weather, and whenever the co- the weather's cold like that, even though they try to keep the balls warm so they'll fly better, they, they become a little bit heavy, you know, with the cold air. So that's going to influence the kicks.
0: All I know is based on that Ravens-Titans game, it did seem like the Ravens defense was able to suffocate the Titans in the at the end of the game. They just sucked all the air yeah, out well, of it. Yeah, well, I think well, I didn't
1: see that game, but a little bit I saw about the previews and what have you. It looked like the Titans were had been worn down by that point with Lamar Jackson running so freely, basically.
0: Yeah, and the fact that they were able to stop uh right. Derrick Henry, Mr. 2000, two times now. Multiple times. Doesn't show well against the right. Doesn't show well for the 20th ranked running game. I mean, um, I think his name's Singletary. That's the starting running back for uh, the Bills. Uh, I've talked about him on this podcast before about you know, at the trade deadline they should have went after someone else like you know to add some mm. Mm to the game or to the team. Because on their roster they have T.J. Yudlin. I don't ever see him play. He's elusive but he's not a very big back uh, Singletary he's pretty big back but he's you know, he could be more elusive and they have Devontae Freeman but Devontae Freeman mm, he hasn't even played for the what? Bills yet and then they're out uh, they're out Zach Moss who was their original starter so going into this game I don't think they have their original starter. See, I don't know the bills enough to say on that, but I'm pretty sure they don't have their original starter and they're starting Devin Singletary. And you look at the running back comparison between Singletary and Dobbins, who's apparently going to be the new starter. It's a uh, Dobbins averaged 53 yards per game and Singletary has his 42, uh, six yards per attempt versus 4.4. Which
1: all, I guess all of that, you know, re- it, it all reflects on your, your quarterback as well. You know, um, Dobbins, you know, I I guess he doesn't have to run as much because of the fact that he's got Lamar Jackson that picks up with the run game.
0: Yeah, it's like that yeah, the old days of, you know, like Steve Young, uh, like Cam Newton, all those guys making their quarterback, or their quarterback doing so much for the running game. Running backs have it easier. Because they're, instead of having to always think about just for the running back running, It's, oh, crap, they both can run. But Josh Allen has that same effect. I think especially in the cold. Uh, I think they're going to be thinking he'll run the ball more. I think it's going to come down to the fact that whoever can pass the ball better, and I think that's going to come down to Josh Allen. Now... They do have this point spread on this game at negative 2.5 for the Bills. So that means they're thinking the Bills are going to cover the game by... Well, I think, when points. you know,
1: if anything, the biggest advantage, you know, it always comes down to that home field advantage. And I think, you know, the Bills probably have it. Yeah.
0: Especially with yeah. what little fans they will have, their audience is going to be louder. Because it's the Mafia. Uh... But, yeah, based on this game, I think the Bills are going to win. I I, I honestly think there's going to be one over the top from Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs because, I don't know, Peters, Marcus Peters falls down or um, Humphreys falls down, you know, on the route because of the snow because they're not used to it, you know. not going to say that uh, Stephon Diggs is going to be very used to it because he did play in Minnesota, but he played in a dome in Minnesota.
1: Damn, son, where'd you find this?
0: All right, I hope you liked our special guest. You know, it's was our first time ever trying that out. We'll see how, well, I'll see how well it worked out. Uh, hopefully it worked out pretty good. Uh, there might be a little bit of error in there, you know. Uh, beginners, we're just beginners. Try to test something. Like talking about f- sports. Like talking about football. So, let's get back into it. We've got the Rams and Packers. Now, what do we know about this game? Well, we know that Golf is going to play, regardless of the fact that he went 9-for-19. Nine uh, it's literally all they have. They, they don't have a choice. you got to play. But he went 9-for-19, nine 155 yards, one TD against the Seahawks. Uh, it's essentially, from my point of view, when I watched that game, it, it, the Seahawks beat themselves. The Rams, they did great. They, they played a good game. But it, it really seemed like the Seahawks just kept shooting themselves in the foot whenever chance they could. I mean, they couldn't stop the run to save their lives. Uh, Cam Akers went from 28 carries, 131 yards. That's insane. Uh, Jamal Adams for the Seahawks was playing with like a, I think it was like a dislocated shoulder or a fractured shoulder. Craziness. Maybe maybe we shouldn't have put his body on the line like that. Regardless, we got a new matchup this week. Seahawks game. That's old news. This is new news. So what do we got? Position matchup. Well, got Broken Thumb, Jared Goff. Uh, he's still going to play, though. Tough guy. Still going to play. He's 20. 20 TDs, 13 interceptions, uh, 90 rating overall in the season. You got Aaron Rodgers on the other side, 48 TDs to 5 interceptions, 121 rating on the season. That's insane. Probably MVP. Cam Akers versus Aaron Jones. 145 rushes on the season for Cam Akers, uh, 625 yards, averaging 4.3 yards a carry. Only two TDs, though. Then you got Aaron Jones on the other side. 201 rushes, 1,104 yards, 5.4 average, nine TDs. Nine TDs. Only nine? Well, that's because the other guy on their team, Devontae Adams, has 18 TDs. Got 115 receptions, 1,374 yards, and averaging 12 yards per catch, 18 TDs. And then on the other side, we're going to call it the Rams Trio because they don't have anyone that stands out like that, like Devontae Adams does. So we're just going to call it Cup, Woods, and Higby. I think that's probably their best three trio, you know, uh, the biggest factor in the game. They have 14 TDs on the season. So between the full three of them, they have 14, Devontae Adams is 18 ridiculous so in my position matchup that we just described we just laid it all out for you I'm going to give the edge to Aaron Rodgers Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams it, 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 that Rams defense is really really good though so here's how it's going to work out that Rams offense is going to get carried again can't blame him though their quarterback did break his thumb not too long ago he's got pins in there keeping it all together So, what do the Rams need to do in order to solidify themselves as a contender in this game? Well, I'm going to go on a limb and say they're going to have to control the ball. So, a lot of time possession. Problem with that is we cannot have Goff going 9 for 19 if we're going to possess the ball. We're going to need Cam Akers to go crazy. Problem with that is it says the Packers' run defense is 13th, but situationally... They're ranked ninth in a third down percentage. So they get teams off the field. So with all that being said, I think it's I think it's a I think it's a big worry if you want to be honest with you for the Rams. Like, what can we physically do to stop them? Uh if our offense isn't going to be on the field that long, causing long drives, then that defense is going to be on the field. And yeah, we can see that the defense is ranked third in third down percentage, so they get off the field. They're first in total yards, they're first against the pass, they're third against the rush, and they're first in points. That Rams defense is crazy. It is a good defense. But what is the problem here? That offense might not be on the field at long periods of time. So they're going to be out there just getting pounded and pounded and pounded and pounded by three different weapons. They got Aaron Rodgers just throwing nice little dimes to all the guys running slant routes, a little bit of an out route, sometimes an in route, maybe a fade. Devontae Adams going over the top. Aaron Jones just slipping out of the backfield, getting a screen pass. I mean, there's so many ways to attack. This defense is going to be constantly on their toes. Like We know it's going to be a factor. We know it's going to come into the equation. But if that defense can stay off the field for long and long and long periods of time, they're going to be fine. So we do know it's going to be this matchup. And here's what the matchups we're going to see. It's going to be the Rams front seven versus Aaron Jones. Uh, It's going to be Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. Now Ramsey is known as one of those corners that will move from either side to cover the best guy. So we saw what we did with Metcalf. Can he do the exact same thing to Devontae Adams? Maybe so, we don't know. We haven't played the game yet. And who covers the tight ends for LA? They got good tight ends. They really do. And one of the weaknesses I see in this defense for the for the Green Bay Packers is against the rush and in points. They give up they give up points. And they give up third downs. And points and third downs are really big for tight ends because tight ends are really good at getting their big bodies in the way and scoring TDs. That Rams defense, I mean, that Rams offense is pretty good at getting their tight ends the ball in good positions in the end zone. Just catch it back in, fall over, touchdown. We have the Packers, according to Vegas, having the odds set at winning by seven, covering seven points, or winning by seven, uh, Rams covering seven points. That seems like, to me, a good bet to take on the Rams to cover, maybe bump it up by half a point, getting seven and a half, because I think that defense will keep them in the game. That defense easily can keep them in the game. Problem will be that offense, and we're going to have to rely on Jared Goff, who hasn't looked, you know amazing down in the stretch of the season. He's looked weary at times. He's shown that he's uh, not as confident as he was at the beginning of the season. But that shouldn't deter us from thinking they can't win this game because that defense against the Seahawks, pick six, they can score. They can easily score. I think they have the most points on defense than any other team in the league. So obviously they can score. It's going to come down to is MVP Rogers going to come out and play? Uh, we're going to see a discount double check. We'll find out. Um, but anyways, I probably will pick the Packers to win this game. Uh, I would say to take the Rams to cover that spread, though. Uh, over under at 45.5, uh, I'd take the under on that one, even though life is too short to bet the under. Always remember that, guys. Uh, but sometimes it looks really good, and you might have to take it. But, I mean, we're going to have the fifth best offense. According to total yards, best in points, second best on third down, versus basically the best offense. I mean, best defense in almost every category except for the pass, where they. I mean, except for the rush, where they are ranked third. So the only thing you are not ranked one in, you are ranked third. Yeah, Um, that defense will make the game close. That's why I will take the fact that they will not get beat by more than seven points. All right, are you ready for these underdogs? Uh-oh, Spadoodios. Oh, I swear I didn't mean to call them underdogs like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did. And uh, we saw how that turned out for him and see who's playing and who's not playing this week. Uh, so we got the Browns and Chiefs. Yes, yes, the Browns and Chiefs. I said it correctly. They are in the second round of the playoffs and divisional round. We have the Kansas City Chiefs playing at home, sitting at a nice 6-2 and record at home. Now, uh, mind you, one of those two losses was to the Los Angeles Chargers on the last week of the NFL season while none of their team really started because, I mean, that was just kind of a pointless game. They already had the number one seed locked down. There was no need to really start everyone. Um, so, as we move on, we're going to say they have a 6-1 and one record at home because we're not going to count that little last loss because it wasn't really a team. So, we was on this. Cleveland Browns are actually 5-3 and three on the road. That's a pretty good record. You want me to be honest with you, 5-3 and three on the road is not bad at all. I mean, I'll take that over some other team's records all season. Very good record. Pro- basically proving that they can win on the road too. They hadn't won in 17 years at Heinz Field, and they won last week. They won when it mattered the most. This team's getting kind of hot towards the end of the season. They want to play. You saw how good they played. The I mean, they played that Ravens game. Very well, and they still lost, but they played it as good as you could ask them to play it. Now it's going to come down to the fact, is Baker going to wake up feeling dangerous or not? Does the miracle continue, or does it slip away? And I mean, we can all be proud of their performance this season. Uh, At least making it to the playoffs was pretty amazing. Uh, Making it further would be nice to see, but, you know, first step is just getting there. Uh, I mean, he Baker filled a hole that, that was the size of size of Maine. Did you know there's a hole in Antarctica the size of Maine? Ah, uh, that's just a fun fact for you. Anyways, it's a rushing team versus a pass happy team with weapons for days. Simi Watkins is not gonna play. Uh, he's listed as out, but that's okay. They have they have Hartman, they have Kelsey, they have Hill. They have plenty of weapons. They got more than I named. It's going to be 39 degrees, 13 miles per hour wind, over-under still sitting at 57. So they're essentially saying this is going to be kind of a shootout, in a sense, because, you know, it's life's too short to bet the unders, so we're going to go over. That's kind of a lot of points. A little bit more than I thought it would, but if you've seen a lot of these Browns games that they make interesting and fun, they score a lot of points, and that defense gives up a lot of points. In the passing game... It's gonna be Baker versus Mahomes. I think we'd rather have Mahomes, but Baker's proven. Now he could be pretty clutch in a critical situation. There's no, there's nothing wrong with him. He's he's doing pretty well over the season. I would say. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. But does that performance, you know, over the season, actually mean anything? Because if we think about it. I mean, this is the playoffs. Yes, you beat the Steelers. Uh, You made made an amazing game, but we got to also remember, they got kind of lucky at the beginning. It wasn't anything like, oh, my God, the Browns automatically started off to a great hot start. No. The first play of the game was a fumble into the end zone. Well, high snap into the end zone, which Browns fell on top of. They got pretty lucky pretty quick, kept the lead. Baker did what Baker needed to do in order to win the game. We should not expect the same kind of beginning. So that means we're going to have to ask Baker to do more things. We've seen Patty Mahomes win a Super Bowl. We've seen Patty Mahomes do very great things. Oh, maybe we should call him Patrick instead of Patty. But Patrick Mahomes knows how to be in these crucial crunch situations. This is Baker's second-ever playoff game. Now, I don't think it should matter too much. I mean... He was pretty good in college. He's proving himself pretty good now. So, if it's a rushing team versus a pass-happy team, that means we're going to have to rely on our rushing game to keep our team on the field more often so our defense has to spend less time in the field. Because this defense, well, let's see about it. They're about equal. These defenses are about equal with each other. We're going to say that the Browns are ranked about, we're going to say overall, probably about 18th in the league. 18th in total yards, side against the pass, 9th against the rush, 21st in points, not very ideal, and third and 23rd on third down. Yeah, so they like to stay on the field on third down. Another thing that we've also noticed over the years, and not as much this year, but in past years it has, penalties always kill the Browns. They always get penalties caught on them. And there's one thing about this offense, the offense now, for this Kansas City team, it's always well-coached, always well-mannered. They don't get that many penalties on offense. And even when they do get penalties on offense, it's like a hold, and the next play they made up the holding call, so it didn't even matter. So we're going have to have the rushing team. So we're going to have our rushing attack. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, versus Edgar Zilaire, who we don't even know is going to play yet, the rookie. He's still listed as questionable, and Le'Veon Bell. Maybe it was Le'Veon Bell a couple years ago, I would say, I want that team or that side. But I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Uh, They're Much, much better runners. So elusive. One thing I look at, the Chiefs' run defense is 21st in the league. That's not great. It's not bad, but it's not great. These are two very lethal running backs that you're going to have to go against all dang day. Now, if that offense can stay on the field, well, they're going to just keep pounding them, pounding them, pounding them. And if that defense of the Browns can, you know, give them a little bit more of the ball, you know, Patrick Mahomes maybe not able to throw the ball perfectly in these kind of conditions, you might be able to see this Browns team do what they like to do. is just pound and pound and pound and pound and pound and pound. And pound. might work out in their favor. Some things to consider. They didn't have their left guard, Joel, I want to say Bittonano. He wasn't their last game, and they still were able to run all over the Steelers, do whatever they wanted to the Steelers without him. He's back. He's going to play. That looks really good for them. I like that. He's coming back. Anything I can make my offensive line better, oh, love it. Because essentially, if you want to win a game, if you want to be in a, a dominant force in the NFL, you start with the – Running game, you start with the offensive line. If that's what you want to do, you want to make it all about the run, you need a good O-line. If you want a good quarterback and have a long, prosperous career, you need a good O-line. So the best I can make my O-line, he's coming back. There's nothing wrong with it. it, it just more heaven to our ears. Now Denzel Ward, he is coming back as a center back. Or not center back, sorry, that's soccer. Cornerback. Amazing. We want that. We love that. They kind of did miss him. I can tell. Uh, he will be the, I think it's number two uh, corner. Probably number one. Either way, g- great player. Phenomenal to hear that he's coming back. I don't think he has the same kind of speed to keep up with Hill. But, you know, he's better than nothing. He's What, what more can we ask? We'd rather have players than not have players. So, Browns are seventh on third down and they're third in rushing. But they're 24th with the pass. But with the weapons they have, why are you you there in the past? Maybe because Peoples-Jones hasn't quite lived up to what we wanted. Uh, He's super good as a team player. As a playmaker, make all the things happen. We're going to leave that to Landry and Odell. Oh, wait, there is no Odell. So we're going to have to rely on Landry and Austin Hooper. Now, I will say Peoples-Jones and Njoku are super, super good at blocking. We have seen many times this season uh, those two guys just take over the running game. And I think that's going to be something we're going to have to look at. Is if The running game is going to be a force. It's going to be because the tight ends are, pa- are blocking. Peoples-Jones, wide receiver, is blocking. Now there's also another stat I want to talk about and I want to point out. The Browns were really good at picking off Big Ben, they were really good at it. It happened a couple of times. Patrick Mahomes has been lucky to only throw six interceptions on the season. We have watched these games of his. There have been times where you look at that and you're like, "Dang, that's a lucky pass," because he should have been picked off. There's been some times where Patty Mahomes has done some sus things throwing the ball, but it's, it's it comes out super hard. You know, the, the guy wasn't really prepared to catch it. You know, he's a, he, he's a defensive guy for a reason. He holds a rating of 108, 38 TDs, and 4,740 yards. I think he's due for a three-interception game like he had against the Dolphins. Psych, it's not going to be three interceptions, but one interception, that seems like it could happen. This Browns defense was capable of doing against Big Ben. He's kind of had a rough season, but it's still Big Ben. He's still a good playoff quarterback, still a good quarterback overall in the league. So this Browns team is going to have to show that they are capable of inflicting their will with the front seven in order to allow them to have that kind of success. Now, do I say it's going to happen? Um, yeah, I'm leaning towards yes. Why am I leaning towards yes? Well, I, I only say I'm leaning towards yes because, well, I, I just think this Browns team is going to cover nine and a half points. Yeah, we, we, how many games this season have we watched the Chiefs dominate and then just stomp out the fire, like put the fire out? No, they like to keep teams close. They, they like to have shootouts. We've seen the Browns, even though they lost it against the Ravens, they can play in a shootout. Maybe something goes their way this time. They keep it in. They keep they keep the shootout going. They, they, they come back. They They make some plays, you know? So that's what I'm looking at going into this game. Uh, some other notes. Kevin Stefanski is going to come back as the coach. He's going to be the play caller. We saw some great play calling against the Steelers, but we can have our coach back. That's definitely more ideal. We're going to be coming down to a my favorite game of the week and Saints Buccaneers. <laughs> First point I'd like to make about what I think will probably be either the worst game of the week or the best game of the week. Why do I say it's gonna be the worst or the best? It's it's simple like this. Uh, this is how I see it and this is this is what I think. If we look at Drew Brees' NFC South record against all the teams, he's nineteen and ten against Atlanta. He's seventeen and eleven against Carolina. He's twenty and ten versus Tampa Bay. He's five and two against Tom Brady. He's two and zero against Tom Brady in the Buccaneers this season. Can you make it three and zero? Yes. It's, it's plain and simple. As an NFC South fan, being a Carolina fan, um, there's a few things you expect. Um, it's to get a whooping by Drew Brees. Uh, it's pretty consistent basis every year, twice a year, whether win or lose. He still whoops you a little bit, you know, like a big brother complex. He still beats you around a little bit. Um, and regardless, I think Tampa Bay is a is in the shadow of breeze. I think the the year Drew Brees retires will be the best year for Tampa Bay because they don't have that older brother just lurking over top of them and keeping them down, keeping them out of it. Because that's been some of the problems with Tampa over the years. It's like the NFC South teams have always just bullied them, you know, gotten two wins off of them. This year was different, but they still couldn't beat the Saints because the Saints are kind of the big brother of that division ever since Drew Brees has come there. You can tell by the records. He's got a winning record against all of them, and the only one that's even close is Carolina with 17-11. That's six games back. So, that's my first point I'd like to point out here. That's why I will say this game will either be a good one because the third time's the charm. Maybe the third time is the time Tom Brady gets to win. Or third time's the charm just to make it an interesting game. That's the key here. First game, it was 35-24, something like that. Second game, 38-3. Given first game was week one, the uh, Buccaneers didn't quite know what they were, but they had 24 points that game, and they had more than three. That was the second game in Week 9. On the season, Drew Brees completed 70% of his passes, while Tom Brady has completed 65%. Drew Brees also missed a couple of games with a rib injury. Tom Brady has been there for all of them. Tom Brady has four TDs, 12 interceptions, a couple pick sixes, and been t- sacked times. Sorry, 21 times. He's averaging 289 yards per game. That's pretty good stats from Tom. I'm not going to complain. Drew Brees, you know, 245 yards per game, 24 TDs, 6 interceptions, sacked 13 times. What has been, in the past, a formula to beat Tom Brady? Well, the formula to beat Tom Brady in the past is make Tom Brady uncomfortable, make him have to throw the ball quicker than he like, don't let him get through his reads. you know, how to beat any quarterback. But it's really, really exceptionally good, I mean, if you can shut down Tom Brady, you can confuse him. You don't really get to confuse him. If you can make him uncomfortable, those are the games that he struggles in. And in this this system that he's in, where he's passing the ball so much more than he ever has before, I think we've seen him get uncomfortable more often than we haven't or have before. I mean, last week against the Washington football team, they played a very well game. All, a, a well-rounded game, I should say. But uh, their defense played poor, if you want to be honest with you. There, there's no... I mean, yeah, Taylor Heineke had a great game. Love the kid. He's from Carolina. He's a Carolina kid. Old Dominion. Same state as me. But you shouldn't... you were as good of a defense as you are on paper. Or have been throughout the season. Heineke shouldn't be beating you like that. Now here's something that the Tampa Bay defense has struggled in and that's the pass, which at the beginning of the season they started really good at. They started red hot. They don't really have that many injuries to it. It's just people figured them out. They are ninth in total yards on defense. They are 21st on defense. First against the rush though. 8th in points and 14th on 3rd down. So about 15% oh well, In the league they rank 15th, 14th in 3rd down percentage. That means they get off the field, you know, about average. The Buccaneers defense is going to be asked to stop Drew Brees. They've been asked to stop Drew Brees twice this year. It did not happen. Drew Brees proceeded to beat them. The rushing, the rush defense has been asked to stop Murray and Kamara twice this season. And on twice this season, they successfully stopped them. According to the stats, the stats show that Murray and Kamara, Week One, rushed for 27 times total, 64 yards. Second game, 19 rushes, 79 yards. Now, given the second game looked better, they were also up 38 to <laughs> 38 to three. They didn't they didn't keep them in. They put in backups. However, if we see the pattern here. Their, their run defense is good. The Tampa Bay run defense is good. In other games, we have seen them be successful. So in order for that to be a, a deciding factor, is Kamara going to come out of the backfield or are we going to put him in the slot? Or are we going to make him more of a slot guy or make him be in the backfield and send him out on the side? Because he's ninth. They're 21st. I mean, not ninth. They're 21st in pass defense. The offense for the Saints is sixth rushing, nineteenth passing. But if we just run screen passes or you know, dink it right over the line and give it to Kamara in an open field right there, it essentially feels like a rush. It's a pass because he passed it two yards to Kamara, but it's it still feels like a run because he's given the he's just given the ball in wide open space. Maybe has to take on a one linebacker, juke him out a little bit, but that's the thing we we don't we, we can see Kamara in multiple looks like that. He's capable of being a running back who can be in multiple different schemes and still be effective through the pass, through the run, doesn't matter, give him the ball, playmaker. With Murray, it's a little less so, but it's still it's still a factor. Latavius Murray still got it. Now the Buccaneers, they ranked 28th running the ball this season. They're second in the pass, so we know their pass game is amazing. They got Mike Evans. They got Gronk. They got Cameron Brait, who can, you know, tight end, good blocking, good catching. They got Godwin. They got Zach Miller. Did I say Mike Evans? I probably did. They got Antonio Brown. They got everything. But we need to know that they can rush the ball because we want to, you know, close the game out at the end. If we have a lead, we need to be able to run the ball. They got Fournette. But they're ranked 28th in run. Why? Because they always seem to go away from it in times that we don't think they should be going away from it. But they go away from it just to pass it all the time. And they ranked 11th on 3rd down. And they play the team that is ranked 9th defensively on 3rd down. So they're about equal. So I think we're going to see some give and take here on 3rd down. And I think we're going to see... The Saints kind of take advantage of the Buccaneers on third down, which what's it's what they did the first couple games. Now, unlike the other games, we don't have to worry about weather with this game because it's in a dome. They have the over/under set it at fifty-one. Well, if we're gonna look at that first game, it's gonna go over fifty-one. But if we're gonna look at that second game, which I think is a game we shouldn't look at, because thirty-eight to three is not gonna happen again. It might and I'll, I'll bite my tongue when it does, if it does. But I don't see that happening. They ask you how you are you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. But I don't, I don't see the Buccaneers wanting to feel that way again. I don't think they're going to let themselves feel that way again. So in the end, it is going to come down to this. Will this be a passing attack game or will there be some running involved? Can the Saints successfully run the ball against this really tough defense? Or are they going to shut it down and make them pass the whole time? And can this Saints defense prove that they are as good as they are on paper? They are fourth in total yards, fifth in the pass, fourth against the rush, fifth in points. They are a good defense on paper. But when we watch some of their games, there's just something about that defense that susses you out a little bit. It makes you just go, hmm I wouldn't put all the marbles on it, you know? Which sometimes you, kind of, you know, your defense just knows how to be well in certain, situa- certain situations, and I think that's how this team is. Uh, last game, these two played last week. The Buccaneers had 142 rush yards, 365 pass yards. That was a good Washington defense. And the Saints played a very good Chicago Bears defense, but that offense was horrible. However, they played a very good Chicago Bears defense, which allowed 123 yards rushing and 262 yards passing. Kamara had his way if he wanted to sometimes against those Bears, but a lot of the time he was stopped. Will these last games have an indication of what will happen this game? Now, I will say there's something different coming into this game than the last two couple, well, last couple of matchups they had. Is this? Offense literally looks like it's clicking right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It looks like it's clicking. and It looks like it's clicking well. All their pieces and talent are coming together strongly. Only issue is I, I will always think that Drew Brees runs this division. And as his final hoorah, with this great defense, he's never really had a great defense in the past. He's had some good ones, but never great. The great defense that they have. I think he finally gets to go back to that land that he hasn't got to step on much. Either way, I'm going to take the Saints covering three. Uh, the Saints are, oh, we'll win by three. The Saints are our negative three favorite. I'm going to take the Saints on that one. Honestly, guys, thanks for joining the show. Had a fun day recording this one. Hope you like my guest. His first ever time being on one of these. Give him some love. Peace, guys.